Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Sports Moles Football Shorts. I'm Barney Corkill. I'm here with our football editor, Matt Law, and we're here to talk about game week 37 of the Premier League season, the penultimate game week of the season. Fans will be allowed back in the stadium at long last for this penultimate uh, game week and for the final game week of the season. So we're very much looking forward to seeing them back. We've, they've already made a big difference uh, mm. since they've been back in, in the Championship playoff um, semi-finals on Monday. Um, Manchester United will be one of the first teams to welcome fans back into the stadium. That'll be interesting after all the protests mm. that have gone on recently. Uh, but they start on Tuesday night, 6pm against Fulham. Fulham obviously relegated, not much to fight for, left the season. Manchester United in a similar boat in terms of not much to fight for, in terms of they've got second place nailed down. Uh, they'll be looking ahead to the Europa League final, of course, at the end of this month. How do you see this one going, Matt? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a difficult, isn't it? Like you say, it's, I, they're in that situation that uh, City are in as well, where you are looking ahead to one game, really, you know, not much to play for in the league. But I do think it's dangerous, isn't it? Because if you start chopping and changing lots of players, that's why I expect United to go quite strong in this game and then rest players, obviously, for the Wolves game ahead of the Europa League final. I think it's been a little bit of a gap now. Obviously, they had those, you know, back-to-back games that were so close. And the Leicester one, Obviously, it was always going to be difficult um, with the players that were rested. The Liverpool game was, and we spoke about it when we were talking about Liverpool, was not good at all from United. I don't think. I think they did some good things, but but Liverpool second half, you know, could have could have gone four, five, six when they when that, before United scored a second. So, not good performance. And Oligan Solskjaer will certainly be keen for his side to get back to winning ways. Obviously, still no Maguire in the team, Martial, Dan James, obviously Phil Jones. But apart from that, I do expect it to be a strong side. I, I really do. I think it will be. Close to, I think Tunzebi might come in for a start. You know, Eric Bailly perhaps dropping out didn't play too well against Liverpool, but I expect Cavani to play. Rashford, Fernandez, I think Pogba maybe drop back into midfield, but I think it'd be a strong side for United. Um, Fulham, on the other hand, obviously building for next season. I think the interesting thing when I was thinking about Fulham is is the Mitrovic situation. You know, can they keep Mitrovic for next season? I know he's played poorly this season. I think it's three Premier League goals, but he was so good in the Championship, wasn't he? I think it's 26 goals he got mm. when they came up. And interesting to see whether he stays. I think there's talk of him and Parker maybe having a bit of tension. But if you can get Mitrovic on side for next season, I fully expect him to, to be among the goals. And yeah, it'd be interesting to, to see the team for this game. Fulham, they had the outstanding um, teenager, didn't they? Fabio Carvalho, who had a really good game against Southampton. Obviously lost the game, but Scott Parker has been talking him up, 18 years old. Played, played almost like a wing back role didn't he? he could play further forward in this game but yeah I think United will win this one to be honest I think Fulham not playing too well recently obviously they've been they've been losing games a lot recently and, and United uh, I do think they need to get back to winning ways I really do I don't think it's a, a dead rubber in terms of confidence has to be better after back-to-back defeats so yeah I think it'll be mm. relatively tight but uh, 2-0 United uh, yeah I've, I've gone exactly the same yeah, I think yeah you make a good point where in terms of league positions, it, it could be classed as a dead bubble because there's not much riding on it for either team. But yeah, I think United, they'll want to go into that Europa League final with a couple of wins um, on their back, especially after those back-to-back pretty disappointing home defeats. As you say, the Leicester one obviously came with a load of changes and it wasn't too much of a surprise um, given all of those changes and given how good a season Leicester have been having. But the manner of the Liverpool one certainly was a bit of a, a surprise. Obviously, you lose Harry Maguire and um, the defence looked, you know, a shadow of it mm. for myself and there's no guarantee that um, he's going to be fit for the Europa League final at the moment. So that that will be a concern. Um, maybe these last two games of the season will be a chance for Eric Bailly and Lindelof to form a bit of a partnership because they haven't played together too often. Mm. Um, so there, there is still important things for United in these final two games of the season. It's not just completely looking forward to the Europa League. Um, but, yeah, but yeah, I'm expecting them to win. I think Fulham 
make yeah you make an interesting point about Mitrovic there was talk when Fulham last went down that Mitrovic would go he was probably too good for the championship and then he almost proved that in the championship by playing so well uh, but this season he's just been poor hasn't he hasn't been an automatic starter he's been out of the side quite a lot as you say not many goals whatsoever um so I don't think by any stretch of the imagination he's earned a Premier League move um if he does leave the club and stay in the Premier League I think it would be on reputation and what he's done um in the past in the championship and in the Premier League because he has got goals in him um, and I remember all the way back at the start of the season, we were talking about who might be able to keep who in the division. And it was all about Mitrovic for, yeah. and Fulham for us, wasn't it? He'd get the goals to keep them in the division. And that hasn't happened. And obviously, they're not going to be staying in the division. So it will be interesting to see what happens with him. But I, don't, I can't say he's earned a Premier League move with his performances this season. Uh, Fulham as a whole have really struggled for goals. And you think back to that win over Liverpool. Since then, they've taken one point from eight games. It's just a really, really poor end to the season. Right when they didn't need it, they've hit a dreadful dreadful run of form um, and it's, yeah, it's difficult to see them really raising themselves for these last two games of the season they want to go down fighting they want to go down with a little bit of pride but they've got no momentum at the moment they've obviously got no chance of uh, staying in the division they're going to finish either 18th or 19th I suppose you'd, you'd argue they'd be pushing for 18th rather than 19th but again that doesn't matter a huge amount um, so yeah I think they'll just be waiting for the season to be over uh, Manchester United obviously as we said their season's not over until after the Europa League so they've still got things to to play themselves back into form for um, so yeah both going for 2-0 Manchester United wins in that one hard to see Fulham coming away with anything from that game um, also at 6pm on Tuesday there's Southampton versus Leeds two teams Ending the season pretty strongly, Southampton back-to-back 3-1 wins over Crystal Palace and Fulham, respectively. Um, Leeds 4-0 winners away to Burnley last time out. Another really good performance, another really good result to back up that 3-1 uh, win over Tottenham Hotspur. And they've been in great form the last few months. Ever since March, they've only lost one of their last, uh, I think, eight games um, in the Premier League. It was really good form. Finally, the bit of consistency was um, they were lacking. Now they're four points clear of Aston Villa in 11th with two games remaining. So very close to finishing in the top half, mm-hmm. which be a great achievement for their first season uh, back in the Premier League. How do you see this one going, Matt? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned how far they are from Villa. They're only three points off Everton as well, aren't they? An eighth. And imagine mm. Leeds finishing eighth. I know, obviously, Everton, you know, he's three points, three games with two games left. He's quite a lot. So I would be surprised if they did they did finish above Everton. But obviously, Arsenal, two points. But like you say, 10th tenth is a fantastic season for Leeds. I think what they've done this season, you know, people probably us included, maybe a little bit guilty of saying, you know, giving them criticism when they do open up against the big teams. But, you know, they are entertaining when they go up against, you know, whether when they go up against the big teams and they pick up a lot of big results against other sides as well. And I think Rodrigo was really good last time out against against Burnley. Obviously, uh, came off the bench to, to, to score twice a really good last half hour or so that he was on the field and they'll obviously be keen to get him firing next season he's had his injury problems it's not quite happened big money signing Rodrigo and and you'd be interested to see whether they can keep players like Rafinha you know Phillips Calvin Phillips obviously expect him to go with England to the Euros and maybe get some football depending on Jordan Henderson's um, fitness etc but yeah I think they've got some great players Leeds a really really good season as you say 4-0 3-1 against Tottenham before that just don't lose an awful lot in the moment they've lost a fair few this season but, but recently a lot of wins and they'll be thinking they can end the season with wins over Southampton and West Brom leaving them in a great position but Southampton on the other hand you know back-to-back wins as you say 3-1 against Palace 3-1 against Fulham and 
I think they've they've agreed a deal with Walcott, haven't they? T- today I think it was announced mm. that he's gonna he's gonna sign there on a two year deal. Um, obviously leaving Everton on a free, so that makes sense. I can't imagine he's on massive money. I think it'd be a good deal. I do think Southampton, both of these clubs, I think are very interesting to see what they do this summer. I think it's a big summer for both. You know, losing Danny Ings, I think it looks like Southampton will. Can who can they get in to replace his goals? Leeds, can they? Who because we know Marcel Beals, he, he likes that the shape that he's got on certain players, you know, the players that fit into the system rather than almost like they're talking about when Liverpool signed players for the system rather than individuals. Um, and you do feel like that's the case with Leeds. So it'd be interesting to see who he feels can can improve the system. But I've gone quite out there in this game, to be honest. I don't often go massively high scoring. It's your favourite scoreline, actually, the one you do back a few. And I've gone Leeds 3-2 here. I think Southampton have scored three in their last couple Leeds have scored three and four, and there's been some high-scoring games between these two sides. In the last two games, Leeds Leeds have actually won them both three 0 but Southampton scored three against Leeds not not too long ago um, in one of the last meetings. So, yeah, I've uh, I've gone a little bit out. They've gone three two Leeds. Amazingly, I've actually gone the same, but I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to change that. As you say, it's my favourite scoreline. I thought I thought, thought it was guaranteed not for you not to go Would the you same. Believe line. it. Wow, um, that's funny. Uh, I, I'm going to have to change that, but what am I going to change it to? I think I'll go two all then, I think. Um, I, but for the same reasons, for exactly the same reasons, you, you look at the goals they've scored recently. Southampton hit yeah. the goal show, six in their last two. Uh, Leeds, seven in their last two. And we know Leeds can score and can concede a lot of goals. So, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting a really entertaining end-to-end game. I can't believe you've hit no. my 3-2. <laughs> um yeah, but I, yeah, I'll have to go two all in this one there. But yeah, yeah as I say, I, I'm expecting a really good game. You know, sometimes these um, these games towards the end of the season, when sort of there's not too many positions up for grabs, um, can be you know a bit poor and a bit uh, uh, you know damp squibs with not much to fight for. More like pre-season friendlies. Don't envision this game being like that at all. These are two teams who do and do like attacking Southampton. We haven't seen as much of it as maybe certainly in the second half of the season as they'd like to have shown. Uh, but Leeds all season have been a really entertaining attacking outfit, as you mentioned. Um, so I do see goals in this one. And I say there's not too much left to fight for. I should say Leeds eighth place will be an incredible finish for them. And as we mentioned last week, there's a big difference in terms of prize money for a few places. So Southampton also two points off Wolves in 12th. They'll be wanting to finish as high as possible as well. So, yeah, I'm, I am expecting a good entertaining game for this one. I, I can't believe you've nicked the 3-2, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll have to go for two all in that one then. Um, at 7pm this evening, uh, there was Brighton versus Man City. Man City, of course, long crown champions now. Involved in a thrilling 4-3 win against Newcastle last time out. We both predicted, obviously, Man City wins in that one, but I don't think we saw the manner of it happening. Newcastle putting up a really good fight, but Man City with Ferran Torres getting the hat-trick, um, getting the three points in the end. Brighton uh, drew one all with West Ham last time out. Uh, took the lead in the game and then conceded mm. the equaliser. Um, it leaves them 17th in the table still, but 11 points from safety and 11 points from danger. So very much safe now. Um, interesting season for Brighton. It has been, as we've mentioned quite a few times, haven't perhaps picked up as many points as they deserve, but they've, I, I think they've performed well. They've earned themselves a lot of admirers. Um, and, you know, it'll be an interesting game against the Man City side because Brighton do like to play football. Maybe that will actually suit Man City a bit more. Uh, Man City, the, yeah, the big question for them is obviously how many changes do they make? And now, obviously, he's got the Champions League final to bear in mind. And it's a similar situation to what you mentioned with Man United earlier. You know, how does he do it to make sure his his best players 
are at full fitness because you can't rest them for these next two games and then hope they're going to be at full fitness for the Chelsea game. You're going to have to play them um, in at least one of them, maybe uh, some of them for an hour in both of them. For example, Foden hasn't had much Premier League football mm. uh, recently, so I'd expect him to to get you know a few minutes under his belt in these final two games of the season, but it's how um, he divvies that up. And then you've got these fringe players who perhaps wouldn't have been in the Champions League final starting eleven, like Ferran Torres, Hatchick last time out, mm. really putting his hand up and saying, right, pick me for that Champions League final. If he can keep that form up um, over the next two games of the season. And that Hatchick's not an isolated incident. He's been scoring a fair few goals in the Premier League recently. Um, you know, he, he could put his hand up and, and start in the Champions League final. So there's big incentive for those fringe players uh, when they are rotating um, and also big incentive for the, the the players who would expect to be in the starting eleven to keep hold of their place. So again, the Man City players, although the title's wrapped up, they'll still regard these final couple of games of the season as important for them to prove their point um, and prove they deserve to, to play in what could be the biggest game in their careers against Chelsea at the end of the month. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm expecting... Man City to come away with a win again here. Brighton um, have got the ability to to hurt big teams like this, um, but just Man City are, is, is a different level to anyone else in the league so far this season. So, yeah, I'm going for Man City to win this one. I've gone for 3-1. 3-1, yeah, I've gone 3-1. Um, no. Yeah, <laughs> that's a bit crazy. Usually get a couple of 2-1s. I, I can't change it, I thought, because I'm, I'm convinced it's going to be 3-1. But, um, yeah, same <laughs> as you, really. I think Obviously, I expect City to be strong for this game and rest game rest players, obviously, for the Everton game. Um, even though there is a decent gap, to be fair, between the Everton game and the Champions League final, it's not like it's three days later. Um, so, yeah, I expect there to be changes. I think Brighton as well, you know, still missing players, still suspensions and still injuries to some key players. And uh, as good as uh, I think they were decent against West Ham, I don't didn't think West Ham were good at all, to be honest. I think West Ham have run out, run out of legs, to be honest. And Brighton, you know, very cl- close to obviously winning the game late on and then and then conceded a very late equaliser. So a bit of a, would have maybe felt like a defeat for Brighton. But as you say, down in 17th and without going over old ground, you know, talking about the money and stuff, I, I do think for, for the way it sounds as well, isn't it? If they could finish, obviously for Southampton have now gone a little bit clear now, but if they could finish maybe above Burnley and, and, and Newcastle in 15th, it'd be a decent season for Brighton. Obviously it was all about securing Premier League football for next season. But yeah, City, um, Newcastle game, as you mentioned, I do think Guardiola's probably decided, hasn't he already, on his Champions League final side. He could probably, I think it's relatively easy to, to pick who's that 11's going to be. But as you say, Ferran Torres, an excellent hat-trick. Obviously, Gabriel Jesus, Sterling, I don't think they'll be in the, the starting 11. They they contributed as well. So yeah, a, a big, I say a big game. It's not a massive game, if we're being honest, but they want to keep momentum going. City, another win, and then obviously go and beat Everton. But Brighton, yeah, will be keen to finish a couple more places higher. So uh, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, it's a bit of a turn up, but I've also gone the same 3-1 City. Both going for 3-1 in that one to Man City. Unbelievably. <laughs> Um, at 8.15 tonight, there was Chelsea versus Leicester, an absolutely enormous game in the top four race. Um, obviously, a, a repeat of the FA Cup final just a few days ago. Leicester won that famous victory for them, uh, lifting the FA Cup for the very first time in their history. And it was a, a real throwback to you know the FA Cup final meaning a lot for a team like Leicester to win it. The celebrations at the final whistle were superb. Um, obviously, the winning goal was superb as well from Yuri Tielemans, who had a great game. Um, in that game, it was just great to see those scenes um, at the end of that game. But for Chelsea, you know, 
that puts a lot more emphasis on these final two games of the season, particularly this one. Obviously, it's, it is fourth place Chelsea versus third place Leicester. Huge game also for Liverpool, by the way, in the chasing pack because mm. the outcome of this will decide either whether things are in their own hands um, or whether it might come down to goal difference on the final day. So there's still a lot of complications with the Liverpool one depending um, on the Chelsea-Leicester result. Uh, Leicester, obviously, off the back of two huge wins away to Manchester United then in the FA Cup final against Chelsea. So they should be flying into this one. Uh, but there is also the possibility, isn't there, that they could suffer a bit of a hangover, such a big effort to win the FA mm-hmm. Cup. Um, and you look at what would they prefer this season, finishing the top four or the FA Cup. I said a few weeks back, I think I think they'd prefer the FA Cup because that is a memory that's going to go down in history for them. Um, they're never going to get that FA Cup final victory. If they finish in the top four, you know, in 50 years, are they still going to be talking about finishing in the top four? Probably not. So I think out of the two, they might prefer the FA Cup. Whatever happens now, it's been a really good season for them. Um, whereas Chelsea, I think... You know, their season's still hanging in the balance, really, isn't it? They've lost the FA Cup final now. If they lose the Champions League final and finish outside the top four, which after their home defeat to Arsenal um, last week, really shock home defeat to Arsenal, uh, that's a real possibility. If they go and lose this game and it's entirely out of their hands, you make Man City favourites in the in the Champions League um, and then Chelsea have it all to do to avoid what would actually be a disappointing season when they're on the verge of one of the greatest seasons in their history. So those are the, the fine margins uh, Chelsea are dealing with at the moment but this yeah promises to be a really interesting game and it's what it's, it's a really tough one to call I, I struggled calling the FA Cup finals well, I, I expected Chelsea to go and win that because they're uh, they've got more big game experience under Thomas Tuchel in particular I expected um, Fulham uh, sorry Chelsea to get the job done and that's what I am expecting this one. I think there could be just a little bit of a hangover for Leicester from that FA Cup final victory. It's such a big, um, big thing for the club. So I've just gone for Chelsea to win this one 1-0. I thought he was going to go exactly the same again. We, we please know we haven't. Yeah, um, I've gone Chelsea. I've gone 2-1 Chelsea. Um, yeah, exactly the same as you. I think, I mean, I, I, th- I expect Chelsea to, to go and beat Villa in their last game. So this really is... You know, um, could I say the same about Leicester convincingly? Obviously, they play Tottenham, don't they? And you just—you're just never sure. It's just so fascinating, isn't it? The, the last two games, the fact that they're—I mean, Leicester's Tottenham at home. I know Tottenham have got problems, but Tottenham at home is still a very, very dangerous game, isn't it? We all know what the players have got going forward. Obviously, it's still a—I mean, it's not like they're playing, you know, Sheffield United at home, saying that Sheffield United beat Everton didn't the other night. But you know, what I mean, it's not a home banker. Not that there is, but it's—it's it's a tough one. And, yeah, I think the FA Cup final was was excellent. I think Thomas Tuchel, the last, especially the Arsenal game, um, really, really poor in that game, Chelsea. And the, the FA Cup as well, I think they, obviously they came very close to, well, they did find the back of the net, didn't they, late on and thought they'd forced it and they obviously got disallowed by VAR. But yeah, I, th- I think there'll come a stage where maybe Timo Werner's lack of goals w- will be a problem in terms of, you know, you can't always, as well as they play, you do need a goal scorer. Every great side ha- has a great goal scorer, don't they? And whether they're going to get... 20 Premier League goals plus out of Timo Werner next season. Obviously, you've been linked with Kane, haven't they, as well? I think Chelsea, Manchester City, Manchester United all sniffing around Harry Kane at the moment. But, yeah, this is a really interesting game. I think team selection is going to be fascinating, isn't it? I think Chelsea, um, obviously, they were missing a couple when they Kovacic and Christensen perhaps might be okay. Leicester, Johnny Evans looks like he's definitely going to be out. So, that's a big, big blow for Leicester. Johnny Evans, he can't seem to shake that foot injuries had obviously they've still got players like James Justin and Harvey Barnes out but apart from that it's a similarish squad you know Madison probably will come in for a start I know they're managing his fitness recently but yeah I, I just expect Chelsea to get the job done here obviously it'd be a 
hammer blow for Leicester really, really would and and um, leave it a fascinating, what a fascinating, you know, end of the season it will be, as you say, potentially mm. goal difference. Um, obviously, Liverpool have to go and go and beat Burnley as well. They came very close, as we know, to dropping points Liverpool last time out. So, Liverpool have to do their job. But, yeah, I just, I just think Chelsea will get there a tight game. But, uh, yeah, 2-1 Chelsea. Yeah, and it could come down to more than goal difference, actually, because Liverpool and uh, Leicester at the moment are level on goal difference. So then it come down to goals scored. Yeah, um, and if they're level on, and if they're level on that, which again they're very close, then it could come down to the head-to-head record, which Liverpool would uh, edge by one goal because Liverpool yeah. lost three-one to Leicester, uh, but beat Leicester three-nil. So it come down to one goal. Um, if it comes down to that obviously big ifs a lot of water to go under yeah, the bridge despite yeah. there only being two games left this season uh, but we both are expecting Leicester to slip up here with Chelsea uh, just to edge in our victory Leicester have picked up some big results though when, when yeah. it's come down to it obviously they had the slip up at home to Newcastle so it's, it's a big test for Brendan Rodgers can they hold out but it promises to be a fascinating one by far the standout fixture of this game week um, with those two going head to head in that top four battle um, on Wednesday at 6pm there's Everton versus Wolves Everton you alluded to it just then so disappointing against Sheffield United last time out and this close this closing stretch of the season has just been really poor to them I've said a few times on the podcast that you you can't really trust them to get the result when they need it and I think you know they've proved that time and time again in in recent weeks the top could have easily been right in the top four battle Everton perhaps should have been because they went into a lot of games which they perhaps should have won and have dropped points in them in fact, the only two wins recently, perhaps the games you'd put down as the toughest ones for them, away to Arsenal and away to West Ham. Um, but, I mean, the manner of the defeat to Sheffield United, so disappointing. And Ancelotti didn't mince his words afterwards, did he? He said he was embarrassed mm. um, about the performance. He'll be demanding a response. They take on Wolves, who were beaten 2-0 by Tottenham last time out. They sit 12th in the table, uh, looking difficult for them to finish any higher than that. But how do you see this one going, Matt? Yeah, I mean, the, the the Everton game, as you say, last time out, Ancelotti's post-game comments just said it all, didn't they? Even, he, even he, he's saying something like that. And it was just an incredible game, an incredible result. Obviously, the story was uh, Sheffield United's teenage strike on the Jebison, the, the fantastic moment for mm-hmm. him. He looks like he's going to be a real player. I know a lot of clubs are looking at him, but Everton's point of view, just so sort of toothless and and the amount of talent they had on the field you know Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin, Rodriguez they were all they were all there all big players I know they're, they're missing a couple still um, but no one it's really it was a strong Everton side and it's just so disappointing for their chances you say of and you wonder whether they'll get a better chance next season you know you think about the clubs that have been a bit off it this this season you know Liverpool um Tottenham arguably will, will probably be better or if they lose Kane but they'll feel like they could be a better team maybe next season certainly Liverpool will be better next season and you just feel like it's going to be very difficult it was a chance for Everton a real real chance and, and they've blown it you know badly but Wolves as you say 12th in the table I think they're going to finish 12th aren't they I know obviously Palace are only a point above them but I think Wolves saying that Wolves play United last game of the season but it'll be a much changed Manchester United in the Europa League final so there's a couple of interesting games for them to finish the season obviously Wolves have been hit by injuries to key players you know not just Jimenez you know they've had Neto who's been injured and and even player like Johnny you know the, the left back or left wing back he, he's a big player for them and just losing Daniel Podence has been injured recently they're very big players for Wolves and they take away a lot of their attacking intent and yeah they weren't great against Tottenham were they if we were honest I thought they just didn't really offer too much during the game and a comfortable win for Tottenham. But yeah, 
I've just gone Everton again here. I don't know why I keep backing them. I just think something's going to change at some point. I mean, they're home defeats. I think since Christmas, they've lost to Newcastle, Fulham, Burnley at home, mm. obviously, and Sheffield United. But I don't know why I've just got a feeling for Everton here. I think I think they'll be so desperate to bounce back, especially they go to City the last game. And, and I'm not entirely sure why I've gone, gone 1-0 at Everton here. But yeah, it's 1-0 Everton. And I was very close to going the same, to be honest. And um, you, you do sort of expect Everton to win the odd game like this. Wolves have mm. Wolves have been quite a difficult team to back this season for in 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 a lot of games, and they they pick up points here and there. But they're a difficult team to you know say all right, they're going to go to Goodison Park and win the game. Um, in the end, I have just gone for one or draw. But as I say, mm. I was very close to going Everton. But their their home form just makes it so hard to back as one win in the last eleven home Premier League games um, since the turn of the year. Six points from thirty three in that time. So it's it's just been so poor, and that's what's obviously really cost them more than anything else uh, in the race for European football. Mm. And it's looking like European football might elude them completely. Even the uh, UEFA Conference League uh, might elude them completely this season now after that Sheffield United slip up. Um, so yeah, I mean this one is a tough one to call, as I say, because Wolves. They've been pretty inconsistent throughout the course of the season, particularly recently. Uh, last three games, one draw, one win, uh, one defeat. Obviously, is you know the picture of inconsistency for them. For them, they they're not going to get Raúl Jiménez back before the end of the season. By the looks of things, they're just going to focus on him uh, preparing for next season, and then next season will be interesting for Wolves to see how they do with Jiménez back in the side. You'd expect them to do better um, and maybe get closer to what we saw the first two seasons of them back in the Premier League. Um, so they'll be looking forward to next season now and getting back to full strength and getting their main man up front and back. Um, but there weren't an improvement. 12th is by no means the end of the world if they do finish 12th. You know, as I said a couple of weeks ago, you've got to keep it in context. It's only their third season back in the Premier League and they've never looked like being in any sort of relegation trouble at all. So keep it in context. It's not been a disastrous season for Wolves, but they, they would have expected better. They went into this, you know, with eyes on top six, maybe even an outside chance of a top four battle, considering what they've done the past two seasons. So to finish in the bottom half will be a disappointing season for them. But as I say, not the end of the world. It's one of those games where there's not a huge amount riding on it, probably more so for Everton than there is for Wolves because that, that European um, chance is still just about intact for Everton. But yeah, as I said, yeah, can't trust Everton, particularly at home. Um, and I'm not really backing them to, to get the win here. So I've gone for one all in that one. Mm. Um, also at 6pm on Wednesday is Newcastle versus Sheffield United. You mentioned Sheffield United there. Fantastic moment for Jebson there uh, to, to get the winner on his debut. I think he was the youngest ever uh, player for Sheffield United in the Premier League and maybe even the youngest ever Premier League player to score on his full debut in the competition. So historic moment for him. Um, they face a Newcastle side to 16th in the table, put up a really good fight against Man City last time out um, off the back of a 4-2 win away to Leicester. So they're ending the season pretty well. They've drawn against Liverpool recently, they've beaten West Ham recently. Ending the season really well. It'll be interesting, obviously, with fans back in the stadium. There's been a lot of, you know, criticism of Steve Bruce. Interesting to see what sort of reception the team get. But yeah. I think the fans will be relatively happy with how they've been performing in the, in recent weeks. They've been scoring goals more often. They've been obviously picking up more wins, as I mentioned, more often. So I think the fans, it would, it would certainly be a much warmer reception now, I think, than it might have been a couple of months back when Newcastle looked like they might be in real relegation trouble. Um so that we're looking forward to playing in front of fans, obviously, uh, at St. James's Park again. Uh, Sheffield United, if they can pick up another couple of wins, 
between now and the end of the season, it'll be a huge boost to them, obviously. And they'll be looking at games against Newcastle and Burnley, the, the two teams directly above the relegation zone, as things stand, um, as, a, as a decent chance to do that. If they can end the season with three consecutive Premier League wins, then, you know, it's, it's at least a, a light at the end of what's been a pretty poor, poor season for them. One of the worst in, in Premier League history up until a certain point. I mean, they've made the worst start in Premier League history for sure. Um, but, you know, it's, it's difficult to back them for me in this form. But Newcastle in such good form at the moment in terms of, you know, even even with the feet against Man City, they played well in that game, uh, created chances and not many teams have scored three goals past Man City this this season. So they can take a lot of uh, confidence from that heading into these two final games of the season. And I mentioned Sheffield United have got a pretty kind end of the season. Newcastle at home to Sheffield United and then away to Fulham. So two relegated clubs. If they can end the season with back-to-back wins, again, it will be you know a big boost to them heading into the summer and heading into next season. Um, and I'm backing them to get the first of those here. I've gone for a 2-0 Newcastle win in this one. 2-0, yeah. I've uh, also gone Newcastle, gone gone 2-1 um, uh, to the home side. Yeah, I think, yeah, the, as you mentioned, the Jefferson, uh, I, th- I just thought his overall game, obviously, the, the story around his age, that he got the winning goal, I thought he was really good for the whole game. And I know there's been a little bit of talk around his future. I think Liverpool, United, City, all been linked with him. There was, I think there was a suggestion that he might might have been out of contract relatively soon, but but I think it has you know come to light that he, he looks like he's on a long-term professional deal there. So at least if Sheffield United were to to move him on, they'd get some good money for him because, he, as you say, he's so young and he, he looked a real player, didn't he, in that game? And that's the key, I think, for Sheffield United. You know, keep the play the players that are going to be there next season. Um, don't worry about, you know, discard them. It's probably a bit of a harsh w- way to use it, but there's no point playing the players that are not going to be there next season. It's just pointless mm-hmm. to, to, to do that. Just keep the bulk of the players that will be there. You know, you expect, and as I say, I think it'd be a strong side. Look at the side that started against Everton and put that in the championship on a regular basis and and add, you know, one or two, three or four more, probably squad players, one or two that maybe could go in the first team and they've got a real chance of coming back up. But yeah, Newcastle, as I say, have been really good recently, haven't they? Obviously a couple of defeats last time out but and Arsenal as well, but generally have, have been really good for, for quite a while now. And yeah, I just think next season, obviously it's, it's such a big club, Newcastle, isn't it? You know, it's about top four champions, early 2000s, you know, in around the top four, obviously, you know, early Premier League years, a couple of second place finishes as well, famously, but it's such a big club and you do feel like they're, if the manager stays and he is back this summer, obviously get Wilson back for next season, keeps at maximum. I still think they're short, you know, a central midfielder, centre-back. Uh, just add add some real quality. And you do think like Newcastle, there's no reason why Newcastle can't do what Villa have done this season, you know, and push towards that top 10 because there's a really good bit of the fans back. It's, it's such a well-supported club. So, yeah, I think we've got a lot of reasons to be positive, Newcastle. And, um, yeah, for the same reasons, I think they'll win this game slightly, uh, slightly closer maybe because Sheffield United were good last time out. But, um, yeah, 2-1 Newcastle. Yeah, both going for Newcastle wins in that one. Uh, you just mentioned Villa there. They're in action against Tottenham, also at 6pm on Wednesday. Tottenham beat Wolves 2-0 last time out. Aston Villa lost the topsy-turvy game um, away to Crystal Palace. How do you see this one going, Matt? Yeah, interesting one, isn't it? First, first Tottenham game since the, since the obviously, the, the Harry Kane story that broke in terms of, mm. you know, being widely reported that, that he's, you know, informed the club that he does want to move on this summer and, it's not surprising, but there's a difference between wanting to move and, you know, Daniel Levy letting him go. You know, it's going to be very difficult mm-hmm. isn't it, to pay 150 million. Obviously, get your opinion on that, Sean. But I don't think United are not going to pay 150 million. That's that's for sure. Liverpool aren't. Liverpool haven't really been linked with him, to be fair. Chelsea, obviously difficult to go from Tottenham to Chelsea. At least City, but it depends on what happens with Haaland, doesn't it? I think, I think United have got other 
other areas that need to strengthen, you know, Varane, Sancho might come in, you know, there's a good chance maybe at least one of those coming in and I just don't know if the funds will be there for Kane. But yeah, in terms of this game, obviously Kane will be desperate, as we know, to, to, to get on the score sheet and help his side. Obviously he was on the score sheet again last time out against Wolves, a comfortable win for Tottenham, um, moved them on to 59 points. So there, I mean, they're still... They still European ambitions, haven't they? And and still, this is a big game for Tottenham, but but Leicester away, as we mentioned, the last game of the season. So, I mean, Villa. I wouldn't be surprised if this was a draw and then Tottenham go and lose to Leicester. And but if they were to pick up two wins, you know, that puts them in a really really strong position to to finish. I mean, they're not mathematically out of the top four race. A lot a lot would have to happen. You know, a, a whole heap of things would have to happen. But in terms of Europa League, it's very much open for Tottenham. So a lot for them to fight for. Villa. As we say, not not a great deal to fight for, but sitting in eleventh, the Wolves aren't going to catch them, and difficult to catch Leeds. So yeah, I think eleventh is where Villa will finish, um, regardless of their last couple of results. Obviously, they played Chelsea at home, so a tough tough finish for them. But um, yeah, a tight one as well. To be honest, I think Villa they they can be good on the road. They can they can score goals, and and they can be difficult. They won at Everton, didn't they, not too long ago, and uh, they can, as I say, be be difficult to beat. So uh, yeah, relatively tight, but two one Tottenham. Yeah, I had gone for the same, but again, I'm going to have to change it then. I'll, I'll go for yeah. 3-1 Tottenham. I am, I'm back in Tottenham to win, um, yeah. whatever happens really, because as you mentioned, they've, they've got plenty to fight for. And you say Europa League, and they, they wouldn't have gone into the season hoping to qualify for the Europa League, because obviously the Champions League is their ambition. Uh, but now it does seem to be, obviously, as you mentioned, not mathematically out the top four ways, but... Uh, it was very unlikely that they're going to finish in the top four. Um, and now it's a straight shootout between Europa League and the Conference League. And if you give them the choice between that, you know, it's always going to Europa League every day of the week. Yeah. Um, so they do have, they do need to end the season strongly because they won't want to end up in the Conference League. They'd probably, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, prefer not to finish in the Conference League and finish in eighth yeah. and not qualify for European football because it's just going to, um, you know, it's, it's got no history that competition is not a particularly prestigious trophy although I'm sure Tottenham would take it given their lack mm. of trophies in recent years but um, they, they definitely want Europa League probably or nothing um, to be honest in these final two games of the season and Europa League is in their grasp so they really want to end the season well um, in terms of Harry Kane yeah it's interesting uh, it, it, it comes up obviously I think any other summer maybe perhaps not last summer because of coronavirus as well but any other summer he would have been probably the most coveted player in the transfer market, but he's coming at a time now where his goal-scoring ability has already been proven at the highest level. Um, there's even been talk Lewandowski could be available on the market, and obviously his, his goal record is still phenomenal, despite it being quite a bit older than Harry Kane. Um, there's obviously big money being talked about for Kylian Mbappe, whose contract situation at PSG is not certain. Um, so there's a lot of you know that very elite level um, of, of player Romelu Lukaku has been linked with the move back to the Premier League as well that elite level of player there's a lot of competition probably more so than in most times um, in recent memory and Harry Kane is certainly towards the top of that list he's proven himself time and time again um, and this season probably even more so than ever in terms of his added assists I think it's only Lewandowski and Messi who have 
directly contributed yeah. to more goals in Europe's top five leagues. So he's right up there among the elite uh, players. But then when you factor in his preference to move to a Premier League club, Daniel Levy's um, reluctance to sell him in the first place and then particularly sell him to a Premier League club. You know, can you can you imagine Daniel Levy allowing his star man, his talisman to join bitter rivals Chelsea? It's, it's very difficult to see that happening. Um, as United, as you say, Edison Cavani side now, so their priorities lay elsewhere. Um, man City, I think it'd be a great, great signing for Man City probably won't give anyone else in the league a chance the next season in the Premier League. But you know, are Man City going to get him? Especially again, they've I mean they've been linked with Lionel Messi. They're not going to be able to afford both of them um, in terms of the wage bill. Liverpool, um, he's he's the type of player who gets sort gets a lot of assists as he proven this season um, and gets a lot more goals obviously than Roberto Firmino does and he's going to put the work in I think it'd fit into Jurgen Klopp's system pretty well I think it'd be an ideal dream signing for Liverpool almost but you know as you mentioned they've, they've barely been linked it's hard to see them shelling out the cash without including you know maybe Firmino as a make way going in the opposite direction so is Liverpool very much on the periphery of things as they sound obviously I'd love him to be there but it, yeah as you say it's difficult to Difficult to know where Harry Kane will go, so it could be that he's still there next season, despite pushing his in Tottenham do seem a, a bit of a way away from that at the moment. And next season, you know, they could they might get to one of the cup competitions, but there's a lot of uncertainty. So you can understand why he wants to leave. Um, as I say, I think yeah, they'll, they'll want to end this season strongly for certain if if they can get in that Europa League spot, um, solidify that. Then it will, you know, it'll be it will go that little bit closer um, to making Kane maybe do a U-turn on his future and be willing to stay because can you you don't want to see Harry Kane playing in the Conference League really whereas Europa League if they go and win that which they'd be one of the favourites to do so that's a route back into the Champions League obviously next season so that will that will be important to the club um, disappointing season on the whole obviously but overall these two last two games still hold importance for them, which obviously could impact on the top four race um, with Leicester on the final day. But yeah, I'm, I'm back in Tottenham to go and win this one 3-1. Uh, Matt's going for two on Tottenham winning that one. Um, at 7pm on Wednesday, there's Crystal Palace versus Arsenal. Uh, Crystal Palace, as just mentioned, beat Aston Villa 3-2 last time out. Arsenal uh, not been in action for a week, but last time out got that win at Stamford Bridge. A really impressive win. Um, and they look like they could maybe be ending the season quite strongly with three consecutive Premier League wins. But it has been a disappointing season for them, whatever happens from now on and whatever way you slice it. So how do you see this one going, Matt? Yeah, as you say, I think a lot of positives, uh, especially that Arsenal's last game, obviously it was a week ago. Um, it won't, will be a week by the time that they play again. Um, really, really good against Chelsea, uh, that game. Obviously, Smith-Rowe with a winner, but really good performances elsewhere. And yeah, Arsenal, again, we say it's a lot of teams, but interesting to see how, they, how their transfer market unfolds. I think there was a report that Arteta will be will be backed. Um, five players potentially coming in, but to be fair, it looks like that one of those will be a left-back and a right-back, more of a beefing up the squad than, than you know five players that are going to come into the first 11 obviously there's a lot of players that will potentially go you know Odegaard go back to his parent club Lacazette's obviously been linked with a move away so a lot for them to, to, to worry about in terms of going forward but as you say if they were to 
beat Palace and go and beat Brighton. You'd fancy them to beat Brighton um, at home. It'd be a great end to the season for Arsenal. But Palace, um, you mentioned in the last podcast, and I said uh, it looked like Codgson departure might be announced ahead of this game so he can get a bit of a send-off. And obviously it has been announced that, that Laura Hodgson will move on the, mm. this summer. Obviously Frank Lampard, as we said, is looks like he perhaps might be going there. And that'd be really interesting for me to see how that unfolds. But I think Hodgson deserves a send-off. I mean, you think about it was 1976 that he he started his management career and it's just ridiculous, isn't it, really? You think about the clubs he's managed, obviously a respected manager on the international stage as well. He's been around around the block at some big, big clubs as well. So, you know, he deserves a great send-off, being a fantastic, isn't he, servant to the game and um, 73 now. So, you know, maybe feels like it's the right time to, to move on. And I do think it's the right time for Palace as well to, to see what how they move forward from here. You know, different style, bit of a new face, fresh ideas. I think that would be really good for Palace moving forward. But, yeah, it could work the other way. It could go completely wrong, as we know, and they could, they could end up struggling next season they're not for me they're not a million miles away from being a side that could potentially um be pulled down the league but then they're they're two or three signings away from maybe being a a top 10 club so very very fine line but um yeah i'm actually going to draw here in this game maybe slightly surprised i thought palace were really good against villa last time out obviously it's come from behind didn't they twice Zaha was really good and Benteke a player you mentioned last time um, I think he's been including the Belgium squad hasn't he for the Euros uh, his, his form's been mm-hmm. really really good and Scott he was a handful last time out and I just think Arsenal will struggle with him I do I really think he's playing well as you mentioned last time out his form's been really good he's contributing when he's not scoring and he's scoring so you know that, that's always a good sign and uh, still a lot of players out Palish you know seven or eight doubts Arsenal uh, got, Arsenal got a few injuries I think Xhaka's maybe maybe might miss out again Bellerin but, but David Luiz but but apart from that, okay. But um, I've just I've actually got a draw here. I, th- I think Palace. If I was going, if you had to back a winner, I'd go Arsenal. But Palace were really good last time out, and I think the Hodgson news will boost them. Obviously, fans as well. And uh, yeah, one-one. Yeah, this is actually one I struggle with. I, I have gone for Arsenal in the end. I've just gone for a two-one Arsenal win. But I, I completely see why you've gone for a draw here. I think I think Palace are one of the teams that will actually benefit more than most from fans being back in the ground, particularly, as you mentioned, with that Hodgson news. I mean, you go back to before, uh, you know, coronavirus hit and and fans were uh, banned from the stadiums. Crystal Palace's home record, uh, from memory, was never great. They were quite a very good away team, but they weren't uh, really as good um, as you'd expect at home. But they do get a lot of loud support um, at Selhurst Park. It's, you know, it's an enclosed stadium. Um, it, it makes it, they make a lot of noise and they make it a difficult place to go to, the fans do. So I think they're going to benefit from that, even though obviously it's not going to be anywhere near capacity. I think their, their fans will be um, delighted to be back. They'll make their voices heard um, as much as anyone else will in the in the Premier League uh, this, this week. Um, and I think, as you mentioned, they, they'll be really keen to send off Hodgson well, because, yeah, I mean, Hodgson... You talk can they go next and if they try something new, it could go really well for them. It could go huge in terms of giving them their, their greatest ever level with his age as well um, and with these that'd be out of common for the squad. Um, and that, um, He's an exciting young manager as well. Obviously, it didn't quite work out for him at Chelsea, but he's an exciting young manager. He'll come in with new ideas. If they can get a lot of new fresh faces in the squad, it will be almost a fresh start for Palace and that'll be exciting for them and 
if they can build on that. But I think, yeah, I mean, the legacy Hodgson leaves is one of very much stability and he's done he's done wonders for the club um, and given them that foundation to build on. They are now, they will now regard themselves as a Premier League club, which has perhaps never really been the case before uh, for a sustained period of time in their history. So uh, big foundations for the next manager to build on. Um, the team, as well as the fans, I think will want to give Hodgson a good send-off um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just backing Arsenal to win this one. I think Arsenal pressures off a little bit and they've started to pick up wins, which is, you know, perhaps not surprising because Arsenal haven't always been great under pressure. Um, but the win over Chelsea, obviously Chelsea were pretty poor in that game, but it's a big victory for a team like Arsenal and will give them a bit of confidence heading into next season because it has been such a disappointing season. Arteta was pretty open about the fact he's made a lot of mistakes and, and things like that this season as well. The pressure is on him as well um, going into the the, first, the new season. It looks like he might last until next season, which at one stage was in question. Um, but yeah, I think I think he'll be demanding a, a positive end to the season so they can take any of that momentum maybe all the way into the next season. I think they'll get the win here. So I've just gone for 2-1 to Arsenal in that one. Um, right, it's about time we talked about Alisson's header, isn't it, Matt? Because we've gone this far without talking about it. What a moment that was. Liverpool faced Burnley at Turf Moor at 8.15 on Wednesday. I mean, that Alisson header immediately went down as one of my favourite ever football moments. It was just incredible. You can... Probably hear my voice is a bit hoarse from celebrating it so much, but it was just, it was so vital. And I think it was a very nice moment for him, obviously, with the troubles he's had off the pitch um, uh, this season as well. The, the emotion that poured out from him and the Liverpool team was just great to see. And the interview after was obviously great to see. Um, and obviously, hugely, hugely important goal because it keeps Liverpool in the top four ways. For Liverpool now, the task is do not waste that moment, do not waste that goal. It would be almost criminal if they do go and yes. you know not win these final two games of the season, having rescued their top four hopes in such dramatic fashion. Um, so, yeah, that, I mean, again, in that game, it was one of those ones we've seen plenty of times before the season, dominated, created all the chances, um, and I'd given up all hope until Alisson did that because it just didn't look like we were going to score. It was one of those games, you know, we missed a, a couple of absolute sitters to go and uh, win the game before we did. Um but yeah, I mean, Burnley and Crystal Palace, it looks like a pretty kind end to the season for Liverpool. Um, so to, to go and waste it by not winning one of those games when the top four race is essentially in their hands, obviously it also depends. You could say it's in Leicester's hands, you could say it's in Chelsea's hands. So it's a, a still a bit complicated, but each team has the uh, capability to ensure that they'll finish in the top four next season. Um Liverpool to absolutely ensure it probably need a few more goals. It'll be interesting to see, you know, if they, they really push for them, if they're 2-0 up against Burnley, whether they push for more. Um, it's killing these games off, which has been the problem for Liverpool uh, this season. I mentioned it in the in the build-up to the West Brom game. And this one, you know, it's got all the hallmarks of being a similar one to that one, hasn't it? Burnley, obstinate defence, difficult to break down, obviously not last time out against Leeds. And Burnley's <laughs> home record recently has been dreadful. It's the worst ever run in the top flight in terms of uh, time without a win at home. Um, whereas Liverpool away from home have been really good. Uh, but obviously Burnley won the reverse fixture at Anfield. They were the team to only know that they can beat Liverpool. But they exactly the type of opposition Liverpool have struggled against um, since the turn of the year in particular. I can see it being quite a similar game to that West Brom one in terms of Liverpool dominating possession. Um, Burnley probably getting a goal because, you know, Chris Wood in his sort of form and Ashley Barnes, I expect him to start again. 
they're a handful for any defence, yet alone a, a, a young defence like Reese Williams and Nat Phillips, who, you know, Nat Phillips is tough. He'll, he'll go toe-to-toe with them physically, um, but those are experienced strikers. And they'll know what to do. They know how to get under their skin and they know how to take advantage of their inexperience as well. So I, I am backing Burnley to score in this one. I'd be surprised if Liverpool keep a clean sheet. But I've got to back Liverpool to go and win this one. They need is a must, absolute must win for them for their top four hopes. Um, Klopp has been speaking this week, hasn't he, about how big of an achievement it would be to get the top four. And there's been a lot of talk about injuries, obviously, this season. But I mean, the, even to the end of the end of the season, it's been absolutely relentless. Quebec now out, uh, Diogo Jota now out until the end of the season. We've got five different centre backs. Um, out for the rest of the season now, and they only started the season with three mm. centre backs, so it's, it's it's absolutely been debilitating in that area of the field. And I think I think rival fans have have seen it maybe as an excuse, but I think it is a valid reason. If you took Man City's three centre backs out, three main centre backs out, they're not winning the league, are they? And they might be in a battle to get in the top four as well. Take their captain, most influential player, out as well. I think they'd struggle certainly to to win the league. So I think it's been a very difficult season for Liverpool. Obviously, whatever happens is. It's been disappointing, but if they can get the top four, they would have salvaged something pretty big from you know a horrendous injury list. Um, yeah, and I'm backing them to go and win this one. I, I, I can't back them not to win, even though Burnley will put up a good fight. It's the exact type of fixture Liverpool will then go and not win on the basis of this season. But yeah, I've, I've, I've backed Liverpool to go and win 2-1 in this one. 2-1, yeah. Barney, you've, you've helpfully left out the the main talking point from the West Brom game, the, the joke of a goal that was disallowed. Um Crazy, crazy decision. I mean, how is that disallowed? That goal. I mean, you help. I know you'd leave it out. You mentioned some key incidents, Liverpool missing chances, etc. But you didn't miss out the, the, the one of the main, you know, disgraceful decisions in terms of VAR and disallowed. But he's blocking Allison's view. He can't see a thing. He's not got. He's not made an attempt to play the ball. He's not moved. <laughs> but yeah, it's. This I I can understand why why it's been disallowed because of that reason, as you say, that he is standing there. But. It's still a tough one and it was a tough one for West Brom to take. And yes, I think you agree with what you're saying. It, it's almost like it, it, you need to win the next two games because what, what a waste it would be, you know, the, the Ellison moment. Um, obviously, you can, what he's been through, as you say, has been a fantastic moment for him and his family to, to come up with that winning goal. And it's not something you see often, is it? You know, he's joined the list of goalkeepers. There's not been many, as they're down, down the years, mm. Premier League goalkeepers. Just what a header it was as well, in fairness. You know, it wasn't like it was a, you know, on the goal, on the goal line mm. tapping. You know, it was an incredible header you know, to gen- generate that power. But yeah, I think it's just about winning the next two games. But it's a tough game, Burnley. I think the fact that I have gone Liverpool here, and I'm fairly, fairly com- confident going Liverpool here because I think Burnley last time out against Leeds were really undone by some but some quality paid by Leeds but, but it just looked like a side Burnley that thought you know we've played okay recently we, we've picked up enough points you know we're we're okay at the moment and it's just the total opposite of what as you say what Liverpool need Liverpool need to win big big game it's just it, what a waste it would be you know it would be something for maybe rival fans to point and laugh at if Liverpool were to lose this game after working so hard to get back in the race but yeah I, I would be surprised to be honest I would be surprised if Liverpool didn't win this game I just think to, to take it to the last game I think Liverpool win, I think you win your next two and then obviously it depends what happens elsewhere but fascinating finish of the season and uh, yeah it would be a really good season for Liverpool to, as I said to finish top four first to fourth is not great but but you know first to fifth is obviously a lot worse and to be in the Champions League next season would be it would be huge so yeah um I've gone I've gone 2-0 Liverpool here 
2-0 to Liverpool uh, for Matt in that game. Okay, rounding off the game week, there's West Brom versus West Ham. Um, another game in that top four race, but West Ham's hopes have been hit hugely and could even be over, uh, depending on what happens in the Leicester-Chelsea game. By the time they kick off against West Brom, uh, the defeat, the home defeat against Everton and then the draw against Brighton really put pay to it. And now, realistically, they're more in a battle for Europa League football with Tottenham. Um, who's going to finish in the Europa League spot? Who's going to finish in the Conference League spot? Looks like one of those two will get one of those positions. Um, so, they again, I mean, Conference League, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, I think would be a, a bigger plus for West Ham than it would be for Tottenham because they didn't expect any European football whatsoever um, going into this season. I think they've, they've punched way above their weight, um, but been really good until these final closes and stage of the season and they just have tailed off and it's been disappointing to see really because they've they've deserved better than that this season they've had a really good season but to have only won one of the last five games um it's just the worst possible time to go on a run like that isn't it um obviously taking on the West Brom team who were on the end of that Allison um header and Allardyce as you mentioned had a lot to say about the VAR decision and the officials decision you know if it, yeah, to all jokes aside, if that was given against my side, yeah, I'd be very angry at that because it's one of those you just don't really want to see given away for the good of the game. But, you know, it was a reprieve for Liverpool, so I was happy to take it. But, yeah, it was controversial, to say the least. And for, for Allardyce now, it's just, you know, a case of closing the season as, as as best West Brom can. He doesn't, he, well, he's not giving anything away in terms of whether he's going to be there next season. Um, I probably, the way he's speaking, I'd probably lean towards the fact that he won't be there next season because he's, he's being very non-committal on it. Um, but for West Brom as a team, yeah, it's, it's very much about next season now. And to be fair, against <clears> Liverpool, they showed that they're not going to go down too easily. You know, they're not going to go down with a whimper. They were very disciplined and dogged and determined against Liverpool, uh, defended quite well. Um, and as we say, could have got something out of the game but for that VAR call so they'll still want to end the season well West Ham obviously still probably need to end the season well uh, to, to get the highest reward they can in terms of Europa League football now um, I'm just back in West Ham to win this one it's another difficult one to call I feel I've gone for a lot of 2-1s this week but again I've gone for 2-1 in this one uh, to, to West Ham to win this one 2-1 yeah yeah, you've gone a lot of two ones. Unfortunately, I've gone the same two one in that one. It's just it looks like a two one game, doesn't it? I think um, as I mentioned, I think West Ham last time against Brighton, it just looked a side that had just completely run out of run out of steam, and which is so strange because I've got some big players back recently that have had a little bit of a okay, they've been injured, but in terms of their fitness um, mm. levels, that, that you know, the, the, sort of legs legs and stuff and, and energy, uh, they've come back well, but it just looks like a side that. If they'd have signed a striker in January, you just you know, hindsight's always a wonderful thing, especially in football. We've spoken about a lot, but you just feel like they were a striker away from maybe really, really pushing into that top four. But it's just not 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 to be. But as you say, the the, the conference league, the the you know Europa League is still is still there, and they'll obviously be desperate. To just the, the, the task of West Ham is just win your last two games and just see where that leaves you. That's all they can do. You know, that's all they can look after themselves. Just go and beat West Brom, go and beat Southampton, and see where see where that is enough to leave you. And I still think it's a tough game, for, as I say, with Bopec in West Ham, but West Brom's performance against Liverpool, you know, take away the obviously late drama and the decisions that we've mentioned. I thought their overall performance, West Brom, was good. You know, I know Liverpool, you know, will feel that they should have won the game, certainly before they did. But I thought it was a lot of good things from West Brom. And yeah, I completely agree with what you're saying about Allardyce. He just looks a little bit, 
he looks irritated. One way you could look at it is the fire's still there and he's still got the, the fire to want to do it. But then he just, on the other hand, he just looks irritated and a little bit fed up and a little bit sort of over the situation at West Brom. Um, be interesting to see, maybe. I, th- I do feel like he feels he's a Premier League manager and he wants to manage in the Premier League. And so, mm. very interesting to see what happens with him. But yeah, it's a, it's a tough game. But um, yeah, I, I'm not surprised you've gone 2 1. It just, for me, it screams out a 2 1 West Ham and obviously. Big win for them. It would leave them in, in a decent position ahead of their last game. So, yeah, 2-1 West Ham. All right. Both of the 2-1 West Ham in that one. Thanks, as ever, Matt. Um, our prediction competition, by the way, I think there's still 15 points in between us heading into this game week. So, still a lot to play for, but a lot of ground to make up to. Um, we will be victims for the season. Uh, obviously, see how this one goes and then could be a lot riding on that in terms of the top four race. So fascinating to see. Uh, you can find prediction uh, previews for all of these games over on sportsmore.co.uk and you can subscribe to this podcast on all the usual channels and on YouTube to make sure you don't miss an episode. Uh, thanks again for watching and we will be back on Thursday. So we look forward to seeing you then. <laughs>